Praise the Lord. Good to see everybody in church today. Uh, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap today. All right. What a week. What a week we've had in our nation. But a lot of what we're going to be talking about is how we can actually pray for our nation will be in here today. If you got in, in the sanctuary today and you didn't get a prayer book, please raise your hand. Uh, the ushers will come around and get you one of these. Uh, what we're doing is we're on a, a six-week series. Boy, that's kind of tough when you got gum in your mouth. Six-week series with gum in your mouth uh, uh, using the Lord's Prayer. But as we're doing that, every week we're going to add to your book. So be sure and bring your book back every week. And we put, uh, we put a ring in your book so you can add to it every week. Um, I tried to really write stuff out where when you get home you can go through it and, and hopefully uh, you can add to your experience and your understanding on prayer. So when you look at these, know that there's no earthly way that we can hit all that in a service. So t in today's service, uh, we'll probably hit mostly the headlight head points on your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so father today lord today lord we thank you that you establish your peace that you establish your presence and lord we thank you that, that that you have filled this place and lord we thank you that we have hungry hearts to hear you to know you and lord we're eager to want to learn how to pray as you taught your disciples to pray in Jesus' name, amen. Last week we talked about entering into his courts with praise, entering into his courts with thanksgiving. And uh, we talked about our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. To hallow means to praise the names of the Lord. So in your book you'll see the different names that God is called. And most of these are Hebrew names, but they're names that some of you may be familiar with when you read them and you maybe didn't know what they meant. A lot of people know Jehovah Jireh, my Lord will provide, but we see all those different names of God, and we know that Jesus is all those names, so we enter into his courts with praise. Today we're going to talk about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to think about that, on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, it's already done in heaven, what we're seeking, what we want to know, who we want to be, it's already done in heaven. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, your will be done, what we're doing is we are standing and we're establishing on earth what's already done in, in heaven. Now, a key verse, if you look at this Romans chapter 14, verse 17, you can see that in your, in your handout. But this is a key verse for the setting of this scripture today. It says, we're saying your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, to me, we need to answer what is God's kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? The Bible tells us what the kingdom of God is. He said the kingdom is not eating and drinking, but the kingdom is righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when we pray your kingdom come, your will be done, we are establishing on earth as it is in heaven God's righteous rule, God's, God's peaceful rule, and joy in the Holy Spirit on this earth. You know, our enemy is out to control the gates of the city. This thought came to me a few months back. Control the gates, control the cities. I want you to think of your body as a city. Because the Bible says that we are the temple of the living God and the Spirit of God dwells in us. 
that he, he dwells in our temple. I want you to think of your life or your body as a city that you have to secure and you have to protect. And sometimes the devil comes in and out of people's life at his own will. Have you ever noticed that, that people uh, sometimes just can't get the victory? They can't get ahead. They can't sustain things in life. It's like, it's like sometimes I get going real well with, with things in life, and it's like the, the, the enemy says, hey, Brian's doing good. Go send something to knock him down. And whatever the enemy sends, boom, I just get knocked down. So it's kind of like the devil is just in and out of a lot of people's life at his will. And the scripture even says this, that we're to instruct people that are opposing the truth. That God will change people's hearts when they hear the truth. They'll come to their senses, and look at this, they'll es escape the devil's trap. Look at this, for they have been held captive by him, meaning the enemy, to do whatever he wants. How many is tired of the enemy coming in and doing whatever he wants in your marriage? How many is tired of the enemy coming in and doing whatever he wants in your life? And doing whatever he wants in your business? And doing whatever he wants in your home? And you're ready to put a stop to that. Anybody out there say amen. That's what we're here to do is to establish God's kingdom and establish God's boundaries to where we can start walking in that victory. You know, in Nehemiah... When Nehemiah went back and he began to, to uh, he went back and, and Jerusalem had been destroyed and the gates and the walls were torn down. In that scripture, the enemy just came in and out, in and out, and did whatever he wanted to do to the Jews. Nehemiah went there and built a wall. So brothers and sisters, just like a physical wall has to be built to protect the city, a spiritual wall has to be built to protect a spiritual city. And the word says that we build our spiritual wall line upon line, precept upon precept, another scripture upon scripture. As we learn and as we meditate and as we grow in the Lord, what we're doing is we're building up a protection. We're building up a wall. But even after the walls were built, the enemy could come in the gates because there were no doors hung. Think of your house, how, how, how you could have your whole house built, but yet there's no doors or windows. The enemy just comes in and out whenever he wants brothers and sisters there's a lot of people in church that they don't have gates they don't have doors on their walls they don't have windows installed where windows are supposed to be and so the enemy is just in and out of our life at his will so when I say today control the gates control the city control the gates control the city what I mean by that is when you establish God's righteous reign on the gates of your city that you control the enemy and, and him coming in your gates. How many remember that movie, The Enemy at the Gate? How many remember that? The enemy's trying to be at the gate. The gate is where you have to fortify it to occupy your city. So the enemy's always at the gate. Even with Samson. How many know about Samson? Samson. The enemy said... Let's wait at the gate to where when, when Samson comes down, we'll ambush him and we'll bring him down and destroy him. The enemy was at the gate waiting to ambush. I'm telling you, the enemy is at certain gates in our city of our bodies waiting to ambush. But when Samson knew that, that they were waiting there, that's where you see that famous scripture where he went down and he literally picked up the pillars 
he picked up the pillars of those gates of that city and, and he carried them up a hill and he put them down and he looked at the enemies and said, I've just taken the gates. That's symbolic of Christ. That's symbolic of Christ saying, how many know that where he said unto Peter, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the rock is belief, and it's, it's belief in the righteousness of God. It's belief in Jesus Christ. And Jesus told, Je told Simon, when you believe that, the gates of hell will not prevail, and he'll give you the gates of that city. So, so Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, just like Samson, whatever you're facing, whatever your trial you're facing at the gate, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, went down and picked up the gates of the city in an old rugged cross, and he marched up a hill, and he died upon a cross, and he said, I've given you the gates of this city. So there's a victory in knowing Christ. So that's what I mean. I want you to, to know that God promises to give you the gates. Do you know that when we, how many say that you have faith in Jesus Christ? Okay. That means, the scripture says that means that you are one of Abraham's children. Clear back in the Old Testament, God told Abraham, you are going to be the father of many nations. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What, what are you saying here? I'm putting some things together. People that are of the seed of Abraham, what that means is that you believe God for righteousness. You don't believe in your works or your performance or your abilities. You believe that it's only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and faith in that that you can be made righteous. Who says that's me today? So that makes you a son or daughter of Abraham. And the Bible says that all the nations will be blessed. The, the descendants of Abraham, it says this, that, that all of blessings I will bless you. Multiply, I will multiply you. As the descendants are of the stars of heaven and the sandwiches of the seashore. And look at this. And your descendants shall possess the gates of the enemy. God promises, the gate, promises us the gates. God promises, promises us that victory. When we control the gates by faith in Jesus Christ, then we can control the city. Control the gates, control the city. So when you're saying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the next thing you do is, is you say, Lord, let your righteous reign let your righteousness rule and reign in my life just as it is in heaven. And now with these gates, when you look at these gates, the, Jews, the Jewish culture always talks about seven gates. One, two, the eye gate. Three, four, the ear gate. Five, six, the nose gate. And seven is the mouth gate. So Jewish culture talks about that you have to put guards on one, two, the eye gate, three, four, the ear gate, five, six, the nose gate, and seven, the mouth gate. And when we have um, victory or we secure that, those places, then our hearts and mind can walk and stay pure in righteousness. Is anybody with me today? So that's why we're saying your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I go to prayer, I say, Lord, establish your righteous reign in my life. Establish that. 
my eye gate. The Bible even says in Matthew, if your eyes offend you, pluck them out. Put a gate on my eyes. Think what comes in our eyes through computers, through TV, the things through media. The ear gate, think what we hear, what people say to us, the news, the media, what we hear. We got to protect that ear gate. We got to protect that eye gate. The enemy just comes in and out. The nose gate, nose gate, what that is, is what is giving you breath? What is giving you oxygen? What's, per, per, what's giving you that, that life-giving factor that, that gives oxygen and air to your mind and to your heart? It's the nose gate. It's the breath of life. And then the mouth gate we have to guard. You know, even Miriam lifted, Miriam and Aaron lifted their voice against their, against their leader Moses. They used their voice against the leader Moses and leprosy came upon him. So that was a person that didn't have control of the gates of the city. Control of the mouth gate. How many of you don't have control of your mouth gate? You cause trouble. The enemy can come in and out of your life whenever he wants in your marriage because you can't control your mouth to your spouse. He can come in and out of your, 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 your life whenever he wants because of an attitude. Because we have not yet put a gate on the mouth. We have not yet put gates on the ears, what we're hearing, what we're feeding our heart. You know what comes in your ears and your eyes? The Bible says that the eye is the lighthouse of the body. Whatever comes in your, if, what comes in your eye brings light to your whole heart, your, your mind. So if we don't have gates on our eyes, if you, set in, if, if you set yourself in front of things and there's no gates and there's no guards, then the kingdom of righteousness is not ruling in your life. And God wants there to be a righteous reign. Righteous reign. You know when you're walking in righteousness, the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions. The righteous are courageous in life. If you, if you lack in motivation or you lack in courage or you lack in, in, in boldness, it could be a lack of righteousness. Establish the gates of the city. Control the gates. Control the city. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on our earth as it is in heaven. Lord, establish righteous reign in my life just as it is in heaven. And then I say, Lord... Put the gate on my heart gate. Lord, you have my heart. The Bible says guard your heart for out of it determines the whole course of your day. The, I, I say I worship you. This is in your book, The One True God. I'll have no other gods before you. Do you know every day I say, Lord, establish your righteous reign in my life. I'll say, Lord, I'll have no other gods before you. How do, oh, I don't, have, I don't worship another god. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? A God is anything that you put higher than God. If, there, if there's an activity or if there's something in your business or there, even a relationship. Do you know the Lord even uses strong language in Luke 14? He says, listen, to this. he says, hate your mother. Hate your father. Hate your wife. Hate your wife? The word says that? Yes, it's an idiom means that there shall be no other God before me. It means to prefer me over anything else. I always tell Carmen, I say, baby, I love you, but I love God more. Uh, so, 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 Lord, let there be no gods. And then I say, Lord, nothing competes for my heart. And you'll see a scripture in there. You can't have two masters. If you're wanting the righteous rule of God in your life, you can't serve two things. 
You'll be good to the one and bad to the other. You can't. I'll say, Lord, I want you and your love more than this world. Establish your righteousness in my life. And then I'll do the Lord. I don't love anything in this world. Selfish desires. Things I see that I want. So you can see those things. I say establish your righteous rule. We talk about cleaning out the deep things in your life. So we're saying your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is. What is the kingdom of God? It's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. I'm establishing God's righteous rule every day in prayer. Are you all with me on that? And then the second one is the mind gate. I have been working hard on this and taking control of my mind. My, my, my mind can be off all over the place. The Bible says those who are dominated by the sinful nature. Who, who ever feels like you're dominated by a nature that you don't like? A sinful nature. Are those that think about sinful things. You all see that? Those that are dominated by sin, they think about sinful things. But those that are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, sometimes I look at my mind like a toilet. A bunch of crap gets put in. It does. I, I, that's the way I look at my mind. I have to give my mind a good flushing every day and a good spraying out because it gets full of sinful things. You know, garbage in, garbage out, brothers and sisters. We've got to guard our minds. And after we guard our minds, we, we download the Word of God. And, and you can see some of those things. So, so when I'm praying, Lord, establish your righteousness in my heart and in my mind. And you'll see that. And then I'll say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, righteousness come, rule and reign in my heart today. And then the second thing I say is establish your peace in my life kingdom of God's not meat nor drink but it's righteousness everybody say peace do any of you wake up void of peace some days I do some days I can't hardly find peace to be honest with you peace was a little um, elusive today for me for some reason in fact a sister prayed with me before church and she said I speak peace over you and I was like man I needed that I needed that. Peace can become elusive someday. So, Lord, let your kingdom, let peace come. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness. It's peace. And I'll say, peace, stand guard and garrison over my heart and my mind. Remember earlier when we said the, the sinful mind thinks about the sinful things all the time? Remember when we said that scripture? Look at the end of that scripture. Look at the bottom of that under this, your kingdom on established peace. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But when we let the spirit control our mind, it leads to life and what? Life and what? Peace. Lord, I walk every day. I want to be filled with peace. So sometimes, guys, emotions can be your friend. Sometimes we don't, we don't like to deal with emotions but when I have an emotion, I always, I've learned to stop if I have an emotion of anger or I have an emotion of fear or I have an emotion of frustration. Anytime I have an emotion, I've learned to not curse that and I embrace it. And when I have an emotion that's not positively feeding me, I stop and I say, Brian, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? 
And I'll notice I've been thinking about stuff and I didn't even know it. I've been thinking negative stuff about my, my spouse or my kids or my work. And I'm, ne- I'm just kind of gone. And I didn't even realize I, was doing, realizing I was doing that. So we have to gain control of our thoughts. Our emotions can be an indicator light to say, hey, what's going on? You're frustrated? What are you thinking about? And then after you pinpoint what you're thinking about, then you use the word of God to replace those thoughts that are causing the frustration and you replace them with the thoughts that bring peace are y'all with me don't say well I don't know the Bible don't use that excuse everybody can go to you version everybody can go to you version or the internet and type I need peace and get 50 million scriptures so don't make excuses today if I'm frustrated What's a good scripture for if I'm frustrated? Guys, it's out there. Seek to take control of your mind. Lord, control my mind so that I can have peace. Here's another thing. Um, I keep my thoughts on peace. Isaiah 26, it says, You will keep in perfect peace the people that are trust you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. The next scripture, Philippians, I I give you lots of scriptures in there about fix your thoughts on what's true, what's honorable. So, so, So we're saying, Lord, establish your righteousness, establish your peace, and the third thing, establish joy in the Holy Spirit. What do you mean? Lord, your kingdom come. It's not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness. I've established your righteous rule in my life. I've set gates, I've set guards on my city. I've established your peace in my heart. Now establish joy in the Holy Spirit. To me, the first thing on that is realizing that God is with you. That God's with you. In the Old Testament, he couldn't be with everybody. He wasn't with everybody all the time. He was with kings, prophets, and priests. But when Jesus ascended, the Bible says when Jesus ascended, how many of you believe that Jesus ascended and sets at the right hand of the Father? The Bible says when he did that, he sent the promise of the Holy Spirit to the earth. So that now every one of us are a temple of the living God. And God's Spirit dwells in you. So there's joy in knowing that you're never alone. If you ever feel lonely, I remember at Bible college, I followed a girl down there that led me to Christ. And when I got down there, she broke up with me. And my personality was in alcohol and, 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 and different substances, as, as, and I was shy. I couldn't even go to the lunchroom and eat because I was too shy to be around people. I, I would lay, I, 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 I was just very shy. And I remember laying in my dorm room so alone and so lonely. I, I didn't have my girlfriend. I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I don't know a soul. I'm out of my comfort zone, and I'll never forget when the Lord came to me and he said, I am with you. I'm with you. There's a comfort in knowing that God is with you. There's a joy in the Holy Spirit. And then there's a listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, in prayer, there's a listening. I call it spirit to spirit. Capital S, the Holy Spirit, to little s, my spirit. Spirit, spirit to spirit vessel to vessel that's a listening time I I sit and I listen what's the spirit saying to me so there's there's joy in the Holy 
I try to have a life, these are written in your book, a life controlled by the, the Holy Spirit. I say let the Holy, the, the scripture says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. And I try to look at this next one. I try to walk, Lord, establish your joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me walk in your spirit. And you see the things produced, look in your book, the things produced by the Holy Spirit within you is joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures. I pray those things. Lord, I thank you that you give me joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of character. I love that next scripture where it says the Holy Spirit. We're talking about joy in the Holy Spirit. His kingdom come. I love John 16. John 16, Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And whatever he hears in heaven, he's going to come tell you. Did you all hear that? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And whatever he, the Holy Spirit, hears in heaven, he's going to come and tell you. He's going to whisper. He's going to tell you. And then Jesus, they were looking at him. Kind of like you all are looking at me. Say, what? Um, I'm telling you that when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to hear what's going on in heaven, and he's going to come and tell you. And some of you are still like, he's going to what? Holy Spirit doesn't talk to me. Yeah, he does. Jesus said the Holy Spirit three times. Three times in John. Jesus said he's going to hear what's happening in heaven, and he's going to come and tell you what is happening in heaven. Knowing what's happening in heaven helps you know what needs to happen on earth. And that's why you can say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now listen, you may be starting in your faith today and thinking, man, this is kind of deep. You're kind of going over my head on some things. Do you know this is actually one of the shallowest points of your faith walk with God? All I had in my beginning years with God, I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know any scriptures. I didn't know any verses. But I did know how to get quiet and to know that the Holy Spirit was with me. And I did develop a listening ear. And listen, I began to do what was in heaven on the earth and I found out later that some of the actions and some of the things that I was doing in my life, I didn't know scripture and verse, but later after I began to learn the word, I realized I was doing the word when I didn't even know the word. Are you all with me today? If, listen, if you don't know scriptures, listen. I, I remember, and, and here's the other thing, sometimes church people are like, well, you need the word of God. Yeah, you need the word of God. But when you don't have the Word of God, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Word of God says this in three places in the New Testament. It says the Holy Spirit writes, God writes His Word on my heart and on my mind. Amen. It says that three times. So when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, He writes His Word Amen. on your heart. And He writes His Word on your mind. And if you'll just submit yourself to him and say lord establish your righteousness in my life Amen. your kingdom come your will be done establish your righteousness in my life 
Establish your peace. Establish. When you listen, Lord, what do I need to do about this situation at work? Well, the scripture says, you know what I'd do if I was you, Brian? I'd do this. And then you find out later what he told you to do, you'll find a scripture on it when you get to know your word better. I even felt the Lord tell me, on spirit to spirit, vessel to vessel, that's all I used to have was spirit to spirit. I didn't know my word. Guys, listen to this. I was a senior pastor at a Baptist church in Thornfield, Missouri at age 19. And I was only born again at 18. I didn't know the word. All I had was a listening ear as I was learning the word. I felt like the Lord told me the other day, Hey, Brian, you've gotten where you know your word pretty good. And you spend a lot of time in the word. I want you to focus on going back to spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. On that spirit to spirit, you guys that are deep in the Lord, read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Spirit can speak things to us. So anyway, that's what I'm talking about, joy in the Holy Spirit. What's joy in the Holy Spirit? Communion with the Holy Spirit. It's where he puts his fruit in your life. Here's the other thing. He gives us nine gifts. When I say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done, establish joy in the Holy Spirit. I always say, Lord, thank you for the nine gifts. And guys, before we start today, um, remember I've got ten more minutes today, okay? Um, but, 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 but listen to this. The gifts of the Spirit. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discern the Spirit. Again, you can't get this whole sermon today. It, this should feel like a college class where all this stuff came on. You leave just going, blah, 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 blah. take it home and read it. Take it home and study this stuff. Take it home and read it. If you really want it, you'll find it in here, okay? Now listen, um, there's, there's nine gifts. Gifts of revelation are word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discern of spirit. People just think, well, I use them at church. No, use them in your daily job. When you, word of knowledge is when you supernaturally have a nugget of knowledge that wasn't taught to you by a, a teacher that you didn't receive from a college degree, that there's no way somebody didn't whisper to you a, a, a tidbit or a secret, but you know something and you know it supernaturally. It can change a relationship. It can change a business. It can change a whole, it can change a world. It can change a whole setting. It's by listening for the word of knowledge. Um, and then word of wisdom is usually comes with knowledge that gives you the, the, the aptitude or the ability of wisdom to know what to do with the knowledge you just received. Wisdom is knowledge applied. Applied knowledge. It's, and then discerning of spirit. How many of you get the wool pulled over your eyes all the time? And you think somebody's a good person. Or this guy that you met, you thought he was all that. And then you found out he wasn't any of that. Anybody out there say amen. God can give you a discerning of spirit to where you can discern that that guy's a yahoo. You can discern that person's trying to cheat you. Anybody out there say amen. There, there's so many things. Do you know that God has called us to heal people? How many, would, how many, if, you had, how many if, you had a, if you had the cure to COVID, how many of you would, would give it out? How many say if you had the cure, you'd give it? You would give that out. You would give that, you'd give that cure. Do you know that all of us, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're given the ability to perform miracles. Amen. That's what the Word says. And we're given the ability to heal. Amen. Do you know, you, you don't have to wait 
to be prayed for on Sunday. When you're talking to one of your neighbors that tell you that, 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 that they're sick in some way, you can say, can I pray for you? Because the Holy Spirit, look at that scriptures. It says, I've given you the ability to heal people, to perform miracles, okay? So you see all these things. So when I'm, when I'm establishing God's kingdom, I'm establishing righteousness. I'm setting guards over my nose, mouth, eyes, ears, heart, mind. I'm setting guards where nothing gets in. The enemy's not coming in and out of my life. No way. Righteousness, rule and reign in my life. Peace. Lord, let your peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you. There's a peace that... And Lord, joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that I walk in the fruits of the Spirit. And I read them. They're in your book. Lord, I thank you for the nine gifts today that I use. I thank you that you're with me. Do you know the Bible says that the man Joseph prospered because the Lord was with him? Do you know when the Bible says that? He was in a pit. His brothers just threw him in a pit. And he was just sold into slavery. And the word says the man Joseph prospered in all the ways. And he was successful. What? Because the Lord was with him. Lord, I thank you. I have joined the Holy Ghost. You are with me. You give me gifts. You give me character. You give me your fruit. Anybody with me, say amen. You see how we're establishing the kingdom? So I do that over myself first. Okay? But then what I do is I do it, look in your book on the next part. It says, declare the kingdom of God, your will be done over your partner, your family, your staff, your church, your neighbor, whatever. I even do that with our nation. I say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I decree that this nation is a righteous nation. Lord, I repent for the sins of this nation. And I ask that you come back. And that, Lord, that you establish a righteous rule. Lord, I pray that your kingdom would come in our nation. Brothers against brother. Parties against party. Uh, Everybody's against division against division. Lord, peace come in Jesus' name over this earth. And I declare righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that there would be joy and laughter returned into homes. I pray there would be joy and laughter returned into our government. That, that's how I pray that stuff. The other day, the other day, I felt like my wife was getting her brains beat out. And I, and I felt the Lord say, deal with it, Brian. I went out and I said, devil, how dare you? You have crossed lines that the word of God says that you can't cross. And you are violating things that the word of God says you can't violate. Therefore, as her husband and priest over my mind, I establish righteousness. Carmen is doing the right thing in her life, and you must go. You must go with your torment. You must go with your fears. I establish your peace in her life right now. Lord, I pray that joy would bubble up in my wife, and she would walk today with joy and fullness of the Holy Spirit. Why do you get so excited about that stuff? I believe what I'm preaching. I believe that we're to establish God's kingdom in ourselves and over our spouse. Try that kind of prayer over a sibling or a 
child that's walked away from the Lord. You can pray things like, Lord, but let me tell you something. The devil will stay in places until you tell him to get out. I'm telling you. He will park his stinking ugly carcass right in the middle of your life and in your home life and your family midst, and he'll stay there until you say, go, go. And then you, you may think that's crazy, but I'm the one walking in victory. I'm telling you, we need to apply some of these things because the enemy is coming in and out of homes, in and out of lives, in and out of our nation, in and out of our schools, at his will. He's an obnoxious, two-eyed, four-faced Philistine trying to defy the enemies of God, trying to defy God. And we need some Davids that will rise up and say, you uncircumcised Philistine, you come to me with a spear and a sword. I come to you in the name of the Lord, prepare to die, I'm taking your head off. Guys, there needs to be a war cry. A war cry. The enemy's taking some of your children. And we sit around passive. The enemy is taking things in our nation. We sit around passive. Guys, we got to be awakened and shaken. We got to wake and shake ourselves and establish God's kingdom. But I'll do it for my family. I'll do it for the staff. Lord, I pray for Braden. I name all the staff. Lord, establish righteousness. Establish peace. Establish joy in the Holy Spirit. When we pray, when we pray, when we pray that that first part, establishing righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When we pray your kingdom come, that's what we're doing. Now then, I'm going to shift to this. And this is the closing. When we play, pray, your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. When we pray that, we do not pray, my will be done. Come on, anybody out there? We don't pray, my will be done. We pray, everybody say, thy will be done. We're asking God that his will be done and demonstrated of our trust and that we know that he knows what's best. It is a statement of submission. When we say, your will be done on earth, it's a statement of submission to God's will and his plans for your life. We, and then we conform to his plan. Do you know how many people take scripture and try to make scripture fit their life? People try to say, this is what I'm doing, and then we try to figure out a way to manipulate scripture so that God will be with us. Well, let me tell you what he told somebody in the Old Testament. I think it's in Samuel. When they came up and they met somebody on the road, and who they met was the Lord Jesus Christ as an angel, this leader of the, of the, of the army of God said, Are you with us? Are you, the, are you with us or, or, or are you not with us? And he said, I'm not only with you, I'm the commander-in-chief of this thing. Brothers and sisters, we need to give up the throne of our lives and stick Jesus back on the throne and say, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we need to start eating things and eating medicine and doing things that his kingdom means so that his earth can be, his kingdom can be established on earth. Thy will be done is not an impassive prayer of resignation. 
Jesus prayed in the Gethsemane. He was not passive or fatalistic in, in the least. He bared his heart before the Father and revealed his ultimate desire. Jesus' ultimate, he bared his heart and revealed his ultimate desire, and it was this. God, I want your will to be accomplished in my life. Can you say that today? God, can you say that? Can you pray thy will be done? That acknowledges that God has more knowledge than we do, and we trust his ways best. Can we say thy kingdom, thy will be done? That means that you're committed to the activity of work to further the execution of God's will. I give you my life. Paul said, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of everything God's done for you, don't you think it seems right now to offer yourself back to the Lord as a living sacrifice? Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. Here's what I do here is I switch and I say, Lord, I'm available today. I'm available to do whatever you need done today. I, I believe, that, I believe that, that God's got a to-do for me to do. The Bible says we are the God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You don't have that scripture. That's Ephesians 2.10. That's Ephesians 2.10, so add that there. But turn to somebody to say, beside you and say, God's got a to-do for you to do. God's got a to-do for you to do. Lord, I give myself your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. If your will means eating crow and saying I'm sorry, when really... They were wrong, and I'm, really, I'm right, but sometimes God tells you to say you're wrong when you're right. Your will be done. Hey, hot shot, I remember when, I, when the laundry was piled up and the dishes were done, and this is before I knew that God called me to serve my wife and my children. I came in, I was like, what's up with all this? And I remember the Lord was like, all right, hot shot, roll your sleeves up and get her done. You clean every bit of this stuff. You get, but, but, your will be done. How many of you can say 2 Corinthians 12, 15? It's in your book. I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love and I'm spent, I'm less loved by you. Paul, two times in scripture, he said, man, my life is being poured out like a drink offering. In Scripture, when it says that you're, we're to pour out our lives, like when, when the Bible says that your life is poured out like a drink offering, that comes from this 2 Samuel. You can read it. This 2 Samuel 23. It's in your book. You can read it. What that meant is David said this. David was a commander and a general of God's army. He was with all of his army, and they were sitting around the campfire. And David, which signifies, which is symbolic of the Lord Jesus Christ in this story. David said this, oh man, what I would give to have a drink of that water from that well in Bethlehem. Oh, what I would give to have that water in, on my lips and going down my throat. His three mighty men began to back away from the fire. 
because their Lord said, oh, I wish I could have a drink. And they backed away from the fire. And then they got outside and said, David wants some water. We're going to go get it. They went and they fought through enemy lines and they put their life on the line. They fought through battle lines. And one of them was getting the water and two of them were fighting with swords saying, hey, get the water, quick, get the water. I can't hold them off much longer. Get the water. I'm getting it. Hold them off. And then they fought their way back out. Then they fought their way back out. And then they came and they took the water and they kneeled and they said, my Lord, the water you asked for. That's a drink offering. David took that water because they said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, your will be done. When my Lord says it, I'm going to do it. Lord, your will be done. David took that water and he poured it out on the ground. And that's where we get the word drink offering. That's the holiest, the holiest, when the Bible says offer yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and accept it's your reasonable service. It's a spiritual act of worship. The most spiritual thing you can do is after you're born again is every day say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You use your life as a living sacrifice where you present yourself to God and you put yourself out there and whatever he says you're like I'll do it it's worship does everybody get that that's one of the most powerful things in scripture I think I want to tell you one other place where drink offering was used how many know of Jacob and Jacob's ladder how many know that story? How many know the story of Jacob's ladder? Where there's a ladder and you've seen paintings where angels are going up and down this ladder. How many have seen that? Raise your hand if you've seen that. I've seen that picture. I know what Jacob's ladder is. Okay, here's what you need to know about that. God came and said, Jacob, I want the blessing of Abraham to come to you. I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. I want to give you the gates of the city. I want you to do good in life. God came and said, Jacob, this is my purpose. That's what we say in today's term. This is God's will. This is his purpose. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. God came and said that. Jacob was in a dream, and he saw angels going up and down, ascending and descending. What that means, guys, when you pray you employ angels anybody out there when you pray you give angels employment because the Bible says that angels hearken unto the word of the Lord so when we pray and we speak scripture and and I say Lord while ago what we did for a nation when we do that God's will comes to this earth and angels come They go up and they behold, what's your will, God? There's somebody on the earth saying, bring that to earth. Then God's saying, well, go about it and get her done. Get her done. And angels are deployed and angels go out. And in the spirit where we can't see, things begin to move. How many of you are praying about things and you don't feel like you see any movement? 
There's movement sometimes when you can't see. My goodness, I could preach another 10 minutes. Revelations chapter 5 and 8 talk about when prayers of the saints are put into bowls. Sometimes your prayers are just seems like they're put in bowls and you're not seeing anything on the earth. But the Bible says when the bowls, which are the prayers of the saints, they got filled and then they started to overflow. The Bible says that the one on the throne looked and he, gave, and he took his staff and he threw fire to the earth. And it says there was movement. There was action. There was noise. Brothers and sisters, there was breakthrough. So I want to encourage you. When you're praying and you're not seeing, it's being heard. There isn't a prayer that's not heard. The bowls are being filled, and the one who sits on the throne, at some point, he's going to take his censer, and he's going to throw fire to the earth, and there will be movement. There will be breakthrough. The things that you're saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It will be established. Brothers and sisters, I started this series out. I know in today's time, you're supposed to do all these cute little sermon series and stuff but sometimes I like just preaching the word the words sometimes I'm okay with with both but I felt the Lord say Brian if you can teach church on the rock the Lord's prayer you've given them the greatest thing that you could ever give them as a pastor I felt that and that's why I teach it with such passion and that's why I teach it 19 minutes over time is because I really want us to get this if you want if you want to learn how to pray I want you to stand to your feet eyes closed if you really want to learn how to pray stand to your feet today if you're like a if you're a disciple of Christ I want you to lift your hands and say Jesus teach me to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. Lift your hands up and say, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Lord, I will right now say, Lord, I will commit. I, I will get, if I didn't have one of those books, I'll get one of these books before I leave. I will look up every scripture. I will read this teaching over and over and over and over. And then I'll practice it. I'll practice it. Right now, say, if, if, if you... If you feel like the enemy is just going in and out of your life at his will and you want that to stop, this is the teaching for you. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. You're going to establish God's righteousness reign in your life. You're going to establish his righteous rule. You're going to have a peace you haven't had. You're going to have a joy that you, if you, you know, I, people are tired right now. They're wore out. We need some joy in the Holy Spirit. How many of you feel like a carcass on the ground, like when Adam was created? God formed him from the dust of the air, and the carcass was there, but there was no life in it. With every head bowed and eyes closed, how many would just lift your hands and say, I'm just a carcass, but I feel no life right now. I feel no life. I'm going to do something supernaturally right now, and I want you to receive it by faith. I prophesy to the winds. I prophesied to the breath of God 
and right now God blows his breath into you and you become a living soul right now. Right now, I want you to breathe in the Holy Spirit. Right now, breathe in life. I speak life. I speak life to souls that feel dead. Lord, as Ezekiel prophesied, and you said, Son of man, can these bones live? I say, yes, they can live. Lord, we prophesy life right now. Say, I receive life of the Spirit. I receive life of the Spirit. I receive vitality in my soul right now in Jesus' name. There's something supernatural happening. It's real. Receive it. Receive it. Breathe the Lord in. Breathe him in. Breathe in his righteousness. If you feel like you're failing on every front, if you feel like your sinful nature's out of control, right now, breathe in God's righteousness and push out that unrighteousness. Take the great exchange today. You are pure. You are holy. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are accepted. You are clean. You are clean today. Jesus said you are clean by the words I speak. Right now, I say, church, Every person under the voice, under the hearing of my voice, I say you are clean by the word of God right now. Call your say, I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm forgiven. Oh, right now, Lord, your kingdom of peace. If peace is elusive to you, if you can't, if you have tormenting dreams, if you have fear each day, right now, that's the enemy came in and he's made camp in your life. Right now, I want you to kick the enemy out. Right now, you say, say torture and torment and fear and insecurity and uncertainty. Go. Say that right now. And say, God, establish peace. Peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you. Right now, receive Jesus' peace. Right now, Jesus says, I want to give you my peace. Right now, receive it. Say, Lord, I receive your peace. Come on, do it. Make an action. I receive your peace today. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I pray you would pick us up today. Lord, I, I feel like you have... When I went to Colorado a couple weeks ago, I, I wasn't... I thought I had a life-changing experience, but I wasn't sure because there's a lot of emotion involved. But I'm telling you, the emotions are gone and the dust is settled. And I realize I have secured a strong position in the Lord. Colorado changed me, going out to Colorado. That same change can happen today. Today, believe that God's change has happened to you. In Jesus' name. Lord, really changes today. Lord, let us really have not just a bunch of religious activity today. Lord, let us have an encounter today. Oh, God, we love you. Let's just close and if you, all across this place, just lift your hands and say, God, I love you. God, I love you. God, I praise you. I worship you. You're so good. You're so kind. I praise you today, God. 
praise you today, Jesus.